And I can see the ground now, way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. Uh, the good times, I tell you what, I've had a bloody, bloody good week. Is that bad to say in the current climate? My shoulders are back. That's all, that's all I'll say. If, if you want to know what sort of week I've had, you can look at my posture and I'm, cause I'm sitting bolt upright with my shoulders back. Okay. So I'm having a good time. Um, I'll pay my, my respects to Victoria. I think at this point, um, they've shut the border down. I think they can leave it open on the Adelaide side. I mean, anyone who wants to fucking, you know, try their luck starting the life in Adelaide, uh, good luck to you. I'll say that for free. I think we can leave the Victorian border open on the Adelaide side. Um, you know, the great dilemma, coronavirus or living in Adelaide. I'm not sure. I mean, I've only got 40 minutes on this podcast. That's a fucking head scratcher. You need a full Joe Rogan experience to work that shit out. But but Victoria, I feel for you. Um, and I tell you what, if we go into lockdown again in Sydney, we're going to have a real, we're going to have a bad news bear here hosting this pod because I will be sad. I'll probably just honestly go camping for a month or some shit like that. I'm not doing that lockdown stuff again. It was it was not a bit of me. Um, but yeah, Vic- Victoria going back to the lockdown for six weeks. Way too much. Way too much. Um, or is it not enough? I'm not a medical expert, but I've got no interest in doing another lockdown. But on the brighter side, I mean, you know, we got a whole state out of commission. I think, honestly, if, if they can't get that shit sorted in the next 48 hours, I think we just dig a huge trench uh, where Victoria is along the border on both sides and just sort of push them out to sea. Is that a viable option? If we just sort of cut them off like with with huge scissors. Imagine if the earth, if all the continents were made out of wrapping paper and we just had some scissors. If we could just cut Victoria off and push them out to sea. And say, float on back when you sort your shit out, okay? I honestly don't think that would be a bad, uh, sort of a bad idea at this point. Knowing Daniel Andrews, he'd probably float on over to Beijing and join the boys over there anyway. You know, so I don't know what goes on down in Melbourne. Unlucky to anyone down there, that sucks. You have my condolences. Um, But my good times have kept on rolling. I continue to push through the show Nashville. Um, It's... A horrifying watch. Um, this week, the main character was held at knife point for a whole episode and then hit by a truck and then died in hospital. So that was about three episodes worth of content there. Main character, you know, middle of season five. No one saw it coming. So that's the sort of stuff I'm putting my time into these days. Uh, it's affecting my mental health. It really is. But the good times are rolling because... This week, I cleared two credit cards. Now, if you, I don't know if I've explicitly said this on the podcast before, but I've implied it, I'm certain. Uh, for the last four or five years, I've been more or less buried in debt. Okay? Um, let's talk about that for a second. I owed about 17000 It is it in poor taste to talk about your own finances on a podcast? I think that's only if you're doing well. I think only if you're like... Let's talk about my finances. I got six houses, a million in the bank. But let's talk about my finances. I was a cool 17K in the hole, okay? 
Now, that was from various credit card debts. But the thing with credit cards is people say, oh, they build up out of nowhere, you know. You know, it's the little things, then the interest builds up. Not the way Billy D did it. I'd put, when I was 2021, I put whole holidays on credit cards. That is, <laughs> you don't need to do an accounting degree to work out that's fucking dumb, okay? But I honestly don't regret it. You know, my mate Macca did a semester at Arizona State University and I knew I was never going to do exchange myself. So I thought, one day I was watching American Pie, I just got fired up and jumped on a plane. Went to Arizona State for two and a half weeks. Just turned up on his doorstep, slept on his couch. You know, went to some lectures, rushed a couple of frats, alpha, beta, cider, till I fucking die. Um, went to a couple of football games. That's where we had the Don Young story, if anyone remembers that one. But that, that trip cost me about, mm, I want to say four to five grand. And I did not have a cent of that in my own money. So that's, that's where you start to see how this debt occurred. Um, another trip, I went to LA for like two weeks the next year just to watch stand-up comedy. <laughs> again, foolish, okay? Again, foolish, but again, don't regret it. But now I've cleared two credit cards and feeling lighter than ever. You know, I think I was so dumb, I didn't really understand how much debt I was in, so it never really bothered me. You know, those people who are like, man, when you're in debt, it's like, you can't sleep. I was sleeping like a fucking baby for the last four years. But now, saved up a bit of cash, a bit of help from the government. Thank you. Shout out to ScoMo. Um, I've cleared a lot of debt. Feeling great. Feeling fantastic. Uh, and another great thing that's happened here in Sydney um, is amateur sport has returned. Okay. And you want to talk about bringing this country back to, to the glory days, back on top, you know. Australia is built on amateur sport. I've said that for years now, okay? And my soccer season started up again. Um, I think footy has started. I'm not 100% sure. But amateur sport is back and fuck yeah, it is, dude. Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than playing amateur sport, saying horrific things to the opposition, having a few beers after, win, lose or draw, making friends, making enemies. Everything in between. God. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So my first game of soccer back on Friday night. Under the Friday night lights, okay? Huge crowd. I want to say... There was honestly like probably 150 people there, which for Division Three amateur men's football, soccer, is pretty good. Pretty good. Um... So, huge crowd, Friday Night Lights, my first game in two years, um, all my mates came, all the lads, you know, and they, and and I knew they had come because uh, we were playing shirts and skins before the game, I found myself on the skins team, because I have no qualms about my rig, okay, it's not good, but I'm not under the illusion it is. So, I find myself on the skins team, and I knew the lads had arrived because I heard my mate Mackie yell out, somebody get a shirt on Darcy, Please, oh God, there's children around. So, good to have friends nearby, you know. Um, the abuse continued to hurl, uh, and pretty much only my way. And it was, at times, a long 90 minutes, because we got absolutely pumped. 
Uh, we lost 3-1. I absolutely ruined my shoulder in the first 10 minutes. Uh, this was highly embarrassing. So basically, this story starts out good and then finishes bad. So basically, I was playing centre-back. Started at centre-back and some one of their wingers absolutely skins, skins our bloke on the right. I come across... Uh, I fly into frame like fucking Bruce Lee, uh, slide tackle this bloke, win the ball, get up, I'm running up the sideline with the ball, little one-two with one of my mates, and then I start to fall over my own feet, like, you know when a big fat guy falls, and he's running, and he slowly is starting to go down, but he's trying to regain his balance, but he just keeps going down, that was me, and I went, I fell over my own feet, I was running the ball, no one was around. And I fell over my own feet, over on top of my shoulder, and literally landed like on top of my shoulder and just jilted the whole thing back on my body. It hurt so much. I thought it had popped out or something. I was like, oh my God. And it was right in front of where all my mates were were standing and literally so embarrassing. I tripped over myself, borderline dislocated my shoulder. I'm on the ground in so much pain. And I just hear Macca and Samo as my roommates going, ah, ah, look at Darcy. He's on the ground. Tripped over his own feet, hasn't he? Ah, ah. So embarrassing. So embarrassing. Um, their goalkeeper the previous year. In fact, did we lose 3-1? No, we lost 3-0. I was thinking we didn't score against this goalkeeper. Yeah, their goalkeeper the previous year played for the under-20 New Zealand team. But this year, he just wanted to play with his mates and muck around a little bit. Apparently, he just moved to Sydney. Well, good on you, mate. I'm glad you had a bit of fun mucking around with your friends. Because this elite level goalkeeper was fucking flawless all night. We didn't look like scoring. Dude, soccer is fucking hard. Okay, I forgot how hard it is. It's exhausting. People, the, the sledging doesn't work anywhere near as well. I was calling their striker not so slim shady. Because he's a bit chubby and he had bleach blonde hair. You know, little tip of the hat to 21 Jump Street, if you will. I go, I go, oh, you're not so slim shady. You look like shit out here tonight, brother. There's no way you score on me. No way. He proceeded to bin two of the best goals I've ever seen. And he had one hit the crossbar from outside the box that was like a fucking rocket. Um, and that was embarrassing for me. Highly embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it was just fucking chaos first game back. There was like seven yellow cards. Our foul count was through the roof. It was just... The worst part about Friday was not only did we lose, but it was clear we were much worse blokes than them. Like, much worse blokes. So, it was tough. The only thing that was good, I saw one of the great dummy spits uh, from one of their players. This bloke gets subbed off like 15 minutes into the game. And you can sub back on whenever. It's like, it's unlimited subs. Immediate dummy spit, goes and gets changed, gets into his denim shorts and his club polo and starts drinking a 10-pack of CC and Dry. How fucking embarrassing are you, mate? You get subbed 15 minutes into the game because you're playing like trash and then you kick you kick the toys out of the cot and start... You, you go past all the beers in the esky and get yourself a nice CC and dry. Getting drunk on a fucking soda pop like a 16-year-old. Like, dead set, mate. Get an absolute grip. So he was an absolute pelican, that bloke. And then he just stood like kind of near the team drinking, drinking, being like, yeah, fuck this, I'm the man. I can assure you, my friend, you are, in fact, not the man, okay? Um, but embarrassing from him. We got absolutely pumped. And then we had to play another game on Monday. 
Three day turnaround. I'm so sore. Um, we played the defending premiers who won seven nil in their first game. We were absolutely put to the sword. We lost five one, um, with two penalties that we gave away. So not as bad as you think. But man, these guys were good. This team we played, they were a, a potent mix of what I would say was a mix of players who were obviously way too good for our division and then just absolute cunts. And it was one or the other. The guys who were good at soccer were nice blokes and the guys who weren't were just straight up cunts, dude. Absolute cunts. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to, to use that sort of language on this pod because some of these blokes absolutely sucked. Um... But yeah, my roommate Adzi replaced me at centre back in the second half. I had barely gotten my polo on on the sideline. I look up, Adzi's put two studs into the back of this guy's knee right in the middle of the box. Idiot. Idiot. Worst, most most unnecessary penalty I've ever seen. This guy didn't even look like scoring. It was all like, you know, it was like a fucking a skirmish in the box, if you will. Balls going everywhere. Adzi just out of nowhere flies into fucking frame. Two feet in the back of the knee. Thanks for coming, mate. Enjoy your penalty. So, yeah, we got absolutely pumped. And I've made my return to amateur sport, and it's fucking fun. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I always try to sledge blokes on the soccer field, just because I think from cricket, and people either, it, people don't like it. <laughs> people really don't like it. Like, people, it's very rare to have someone, usually on the cricket field, Sometimes, like, you can have some fun banter with people, you know? But on the um, on the soccer field, people either absolutely completely shut down and say nothing, and you're just talking to a bloke for 90 minutes, or they go, what was that? Fuck you! And you better believe next time you get the ball, you're going to be eating this guy's studs, okay? So, I don't know. Yeah, soccer players are just either absolute nerds or absolute cunts. Very few and far in between. I mean, I was talking to that bloke, calling him not so slim shady for about 80 minutes. Nothing from that bloke. Um, and then other guys, like, uh, I fucking had a go at this big fat fella on Monday night. I didn't call him fat, but I heavily implied it. And he fucking shoulder charged me into next week. I went flying. It was like a Kelvinator fridge hitting me. And that's that's the two scenarios. When you, when you want a sledge in soccer, you're either going to get physically assaulted or it's just going to be complete silence. And... That's how it is. But yeah, soccer players are a different breed. I've had blokes uh, not shake my hand before because of, of like a comment. You know, I said to one bloke, you got the worst hairline I've ever come across and he didn't shake my hand after the game, which in my books was a bit much from him. You know, I thought, mate, get a grip. You know, maybe if you weren't so uptight, you'd have more hair. But anyway, you know, anyway, I come, I'm come from a different sport. You know, a mate of mine uh, who I played cricket with came and joined our soccer team. He was the worst. Because he didn't sledge blokes. He used to just whisper horrific things in their ear. You know, I'd be like, oh, not so slim shady. You suck, you know. But everyone could hear it. Have a dig, whatever you want. This bloke would whisper to, to blokes being like, mate, your girlfriend is ugly as shit. He'd just whisper that to them when he was marking them. You know, so I don't know. Look, I think maybe cricket players are just the worst blokes around. But then you got fucking NRL players sort of hitting their wives. So... It's a real spectrum of um, of sort of sporting scum in this great country. And I love it. I love it. So it's exciting. It's very exciting. But I got a few things to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. 
Not many stories to tell, but I did make my return to the pub on Saturday night. Like a proper, like, not like every, like the, it was, you could, it was almost normal. It was almost a normal pub environment, I would say. Um, you know, like you could sit wherever you want. You had to sit, but there was no like tables cordoned off or anything like that. You didn't have, or you did have to sign in. It was so good because this pub sponsors our soccer team. So they could only have a certain amount of people. So there was a line outside. But if you play in our soccer team and you're wearing the team polo, you just went straight through the front of the line and you got in no matter what. So there were some like respectable 28-year-old couples waiting outside in the cold to get into the pub. And they and then like one of our boys would rock up like 19 years old, just wrecked from a 21st, but he had his club polo on. So he just walked straight in. It's fucking hilarious. And I had a fun, super fun night at the pub. Uh, I'd like to just go out on a limb and say all four of the bartenders were extremely attractive. Um, so that was just great to be around. Good for morale because there wasn't a whole lot of girls around us. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, the bartenders were hot and then some random bloke recognized me from my comedy. So I'm not sure how the night could have gone better. I really am. I don't think I could have pictured a night going better. Um, so that was a bit of fun. I'm not going to lie. Not too many stories. I mean, you're just sitting at a table and you can't really leave the table. So not exactly a yarn fest, but I did leave the house on Saturday night. So that's it. That's exciting. But anyway, something that's actually fucking important to me. And this is a big one. I am once again re-registering my legendary car, the Mazda Metro. Okay, now this thing's been on the sidelines for about six months. Um, I was supposed to do all this touring at the start of the year and it always costs a lot to register my car because it's it's about 21 years old and they always fuck me. These mechanics, man, I swear to God, they always fuck me. It's like, it costs usually about 1200 bucks all up to rego my car. That's every six months. So so this year, it got to um, February 1st, my my rego was due. February 2nd, I'm going to Perth for three weeks, then I go to Adelaide, then I go to Melbourne for a month. I go, I'm not paying this because I'm not even going to be in Sydney. Okay, so obviously the joke was on me because uh, coronavirus came. I didn't I haven't had a car for a while then. And then obviously I lost my day job and my night job, so I couldn't afford to re-register it, yada, yada, yada. Been borrowing my friend's car for a bit. Very exciting. But now uh, I'm re-registering the Mazda Metro. And I will once again have the respect on the streets that I crave, okay? Uh, if you see me in the left lane, you better stay in the right lane. That's all I'll say, okay? Because the Metro has got an attitude, okay? If the Metro has an attitude problem, get out of my way, okay? But I love this car. It's an absolute hassle. I've uh, broken down in the middle of the Harbour Bridge before. I told that story early on in the pod. That was a terrifying experience. I broke down at work once on the way to a gig and then had to fucking get the three buses to this gig. Broke down another time. But but I love this car. It's a great car. I'm going to re-register it. And I'm bracing myself uh, for the impact. So basically, firstly, if this doesn't already come through, um, I think mechanics are absolute scum. So if, you, if you're thinking, well, Bill's coming across a little bit tart in his examination of this profession... You'd be correct in assuming that. I think mechanics are absolute scum. I think there needs to be some sort of a regulatory body set up 
to fucking police these absolute criminals. Okay? So, I call up, I call up uh, this mechanic. I go, hey, mate, I need a blue slip and a pink slip for a 1999 Mazda Metro. He goes, he goes, I can fit you in on Thursday. I go, awesome. Awesome. Okay. So he goes, bring it in on Thursday. I go, I'll bring it in on Thursday. Right? Not rocket science. I call him up on the Wednesday because I can't find my rego papers. I go, hey, mate, um, do I 100% need the rego papers before I bring the car in tomorrow? He goes, oh, you don't really need them. It's better if you can bring them. He goes, also, mate, don't bring your car in tomorrow. This is Wednesday afternoon. I'm calling him. He goes, don't bring it in tomorrow, mate. My boss doesn't work Thursdays and only he does blue slips. You'll have to bring it in on Friday. I go, okay, no, I'll bring it on Friday. I go, so were you going to call me about this? And he goes, what? I go, were you going to call me telling me not to bring it in tomorrow? Or was I going to rock up and find out? And he was like, oh, I guess you were probably going to rock up then, weren't you? I go, yeah, yeah. I go, right. Anyway, I'm thinking, fuck me, man. How hard is it? But I go, whatever. Not the biggest deal in the world. I wasn't that rude to him on the phone then as I was just then. I go, no stress. I'll bring it in on Friday. And as we all know, my schedule at the moment is flexible because I don't have a job. So I got nowhere to be. I'll bring it in on fucking Wednesday next year, dude. I got nowhere to be anywhere time soon. So I bring it in on Friday and the guy goes, hey, mate, how can I help you? I go, my name's Billy Darcy. I've got the Mazda Metro. It's booked in for today. He goes, no, it's not. I go, okay. And at that point, my mood changed significantly. All right. I, he, got, he brings me over the diary. He goes, look, mate, Friday, you're not booked in. I go, well, originally it was booked in for Thursday. So he changes the page Thursday. It's not booked in either. He goes, right. What are we going to do about this? I said, we're not going to do anything about it, mate. You're going to do something about it. I go, I called up twice. I don't know who you got working the phones here, but the guy is fucking incompetent as shit, okay? Because something is happening between him telling me Thursday and him writing down Billy on the Thursday page. The diary already has the days done for you. All you have to do is write down Billy, okay? What the fuck is happening from him hanging up the phone to him picking up the pen? Is there a fucking dust storm going through the garage? Like, how hard is it just to write Billy on the Thursday page or on the Friday page. So this guy is zero from two on taking my booking. He goes, oh, yeah, right. Okay, well, well, what are we going to do? I go, I've called up twice, mate. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can do on my end. I just give him the keys and go, look, I don't need it back by today, but I need a blue slip and a pink slip. I'm not going to call you up again because I know your track record on the phones, okay? I'll probably call you up and ask you if my car's fixed and you'll accidentally fucking sell it to Saudi Arabia or something. All right? So fuck me. And then he calls me up. Um, yeah, they got too much power, these, these blokes. They're too much power. So he calls me up and he goes, oh, mate, it's not looking good. I go, oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. He goes, mate, uh, you got an oil leak? Which I knew about. Thank you very much. But the tires, I got four brand new tires on there, right? Four brand new tires. He goes, front two tires are gone. I go, they're not gone. They're a year old and I've barely driven it in the last six months. He goes, they're gone. And I go, they're not gone. And he goes, well, I'm not passing them unless I replace them. And this is where it's fucking bullshit, dude. Okay. The tires are fine. They're a year old, but you've got to agree with him. Otherwise you can't get your car back or you've got to take it somewhere else, which is a fucking hassle. So I'm looking at about 
another, yeah, it's looking like all up to register my car is going to be about $1,500. Okay. Now that's not what you want to hear. I'm not going to beat around the bush and pretend I'm happy with that because I'm not. But dude, I tell you what, man, like fuck these, these bloody mechanics, dude. It's unbelievable. He also said, uh, my grill was a little loose on the front of the car. He goes, if a small three-year-old child walks past, he could get his finger stuck in that and hurt himself. So I've got to fix that up for you as well, mate. I go, sweet, mate. What's that? An extra 150 bucks to fucking glue that on? You absolute criminal. But anyway, dude, these mechanics, I swear to God. But I'm going to have my car back in the next day or two. I'm going to get on the phone to this bloke afterwards, after this pod, actually. I've cleared my credit cards. I've got, a, I've got my own car again. I'm dead set becoming an adult at 25. Watch out, okay? Watch the fuck out. But anyway, I was thinking, I'd love to be there. I'd love to be there. The first mechanic who ripped someone off successfully, and he was the first guy to work out, oh, we can absolutely take any of these cunts for a ride. There's nothing they can do about it. You know? I'd like to think, you know, at the start, the mechanics were just, you know, charging people for what the work they actually did. In and out, there you go, Beautiful. And then one bloke one day just saw some housewife comes in and goes, and he was he was really hard up for cash. And he, he has to go like, he just goes, fuck it, I'm going for it. And he says to this, this, this lady, whose car is working perfectly, he goes, sorry, love, your alternator's gone. I'm going to have to replace it. It's going to be $600. What do you say to that? And she goes, oh, okay. If you say so, $600. And she gave him the cash. And this guy was just like, oh my God. And from there, the mechanic industry we know was born, okay? And from there on out, they've just been taking people for an absolute ride, you know? And then mechanics, dude, they look at you like you're a, just a fucking idiot when you come in. They go, oh, hey, mate, how can I help you? And you can see behind his snake eyes, he's, he's got bad intentions. That's why you got to name drop so much at mechanics. you gotta, you got to go to someone your mate knows really well. Like someone, you got to go to someone where like your friend's been going there for five years and is also a godfather to the bloke's kid and also built their house for them, you know? Because if they think you're just a stranger, dude, you are getting sent to the cleaners. You know, if you want to get a decent mechanic, you got to go in and be like, yeah, hey, mate, how you going? I'm I'm friends with Adzi. Obviously, uh, you know, he's godfather to your kid. Oh, mate, um, you know, Ad, Adam told me he's been coming here for 20 years, loves your work. Um, he also said, you're hilarious, mate. I can see that. You've got me in stitches. You're bloody legend. Uh, also, my ex-wife's cousin is your is your cousin. So, wow. Small world, mate. Small world. Um, anyway, I have three kids and a mortgage. Um, you know, I've never committed a crime. If you could see it in your heart to just charge me for the actual work you do, my Lord, I'd be ever so grateful. And then it's up to this greasy lunatic to decide whether he's going to show you a shred of humanity or not. And most of the time, it's going to be not. So he's hoping I can get the Metro back and have a decent run on it. You know, I'll be whipping around town like you won't believe. It's going to be great. So yeah, return of the king. The Metro's coming home. What a time to be alive. All right. uh, Next thing I want to talk about. Hot new product out there, team. Very exciting. The Iconic is launching a new range of inactive wear. Okay. Uh, it's 
don't be fooled. It's a it's a fucking tracksuit. Um, but they've called it inactive wear. It's a hundred bucks for the either the top or the or the tracksuit pants. Um, it's a jumper and trackies. Don't don't fucking you know do too much thinking of it, about it at home. Uh, but it's inactive wear. You know, um, Tani from Australia's Next Top Model uh, is the spokesperson for this. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, she is the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. I'm not familiar with her work, but I did give her Instagram a quick squiz and I was thoroughly impressed. Um, just an absolute specimen of a human. Uh, but yeah, so she's launched this uh, this inactive wear. She's the ambassador. It's just, just you know, something to wear when you're lounging around at home, you know. Just, uh, she said uh, she loves it because she's just been lounging around at home, sort of, you know, doing nothing but watching Netflix in her and uh, lounging on the couch, you know, and she and she's still looking like an absolute specimen. And honestly, if anyone who buys this this stuff is an absolute mug, I I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If you spend a hundred dollars on a pair of tracksuit pants because it's inactive wear, uh, you in fact uh, don't worry about uh, tracksuit pants. I'll be buying yourself some nice runners because you can absolutely hit the bricks. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm still on the job search, job search. Um, I gotta say, I, I've, this whole year has been just a rude shock for me because previously in my life, whenever I was unemployed, someone just gave me a job. Like I made one, I was just like, oh, just come work here. There's, there's like, we're hiring and I'll, you don't even have to interview. I'm like, fuck, great. I haven't got a job on merit in fucking years. Um, but now I'm trying to, it's actually, I'm finding quite difficult. So if anyone has a full-time job going in Sydney... Hey, send it my way. Not big on manual labor, so nothing too strenuous, please. Uh, I hyperextended my knee on Monday night at soccer, so don't think I'll be doing any blue-collar work for at least the next three years. <laughs> but, yeah, the job search is not going too well. I almost applied to be that guy that flags down the trains the other day. You know, the guy with the whistle. Um, but then I thought... Uh, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I thought I'm not quite there yet, being the train guy. I tell you what, hot tip for anyone looking for a job: train conductor, like the person on the station who flags them down and blows the whistle. It's like fucking sixty-five grand a year. Is that blowing anyone else's mind? The guy who be who does the I can't whistle, but he goes like, "Do do, get on the train." All right, that's enough people on the train. $65,000 a year. Anyone? Is anyone else blown away by that? Just me? Okay. So. I don't like this thing. What's with this thing with jobs now? It's like the, the big selling point on all these jobs. So I'm looking at all these office jobs. And they try and sell you more than the job. They try and sell you like this fucking, this new life. They're like, come and join our family. You know, every Friday we have drinks. You know, sometimes we'll go on trips. Like what, one um, one job I was just looking at said um, company go-karting events. It's like I already have friends and we'd go go-karting if it wasn't already fucking lame, dude. You know, every single job's like, like fun Friday afternoons, casual Fridays, you know. Join our family, you know, join this, this crazy this crazy thing we call fucking Sofitel insurance. It's like, I've got friends. I've got a social life. What I am in desperate need of is a vocation. 
Okay. So let's focus a bit more on that, you know? Like all the jobs are just, they just tell you all the shit you do after work. It's like, I don't want to go 10 pin bowling on a Wednesday with the fucking HR department. Okay. I just want to be able to pay my bills and then head straight home. But it's this new thing. You can't just say, um, you can't just say, I just want to work here as a means to an end anymore. You got to say, you know, I look at this company and I see 25 years from now, I see me still working here. I just think I love the culture. You know, I'm a Sofitel man through and through. You know, take me back to the 1940s when you could just work to work and then as soon as it was tools down, you know, there was none of this staying late. There was none of this fucking, you know, going rock climbing with the management team at a fucking team building networking event. It's like, it's like, I'm sorry, but if, it, if it's a nine to five at 501, you can look over to my desk, but I won't fucking be there, dude. Okay. What happened to just working for working? You know, I don't want a career. I've got one, okay? It's called being a stand-up comedian. And while I'm not famous yet, I'd imagine it'll be sometime next week. So why do I have to pretend I want to... It's been my life's... It's my lifelong ambition to work at Sovatel Insurance. You know, they always say that it's uh, someone who's keen for growth and management opportunities. I am not. Less responsibility, please. Uh, pressure. I don't deal with it well. Okay. Multitasking. You, f- you can forget about it. If you want someone who is able to focus on more than one task at a time, shred my resume immediately. Um, so it's a, it's a wild world trying to navigate these jobs things. Cause you got to pretend, you know, they want you to be as passionate as they pretend to be. You know, have you, do you have a, do you have a passion for working in a high paced environment? That demands much more of you than it should for 42 grand a year. It's like, yes, yes, I do. What's that? Assistant to an account executive. My God, ever since I was a child, I went to sleep just dreaming of being an account assistant. What's that? Nine to five, but we're looking for people who want to stay overtime, even though we're not going to pay you extra. My God, my name's Billy Darcy, and I'd like to sign up. Fucking brutal, dude. And it's my fault. I mean, I'm a cynical guy who fucking doesn't really want a real job, but I'm applying for them anyway. So, I'm not cynical. I just don't want to fucking work. <laughs> oh, God. That slipped out. Whoops. I'm sorry. I do want to work, but I just want to do something I don't hate. I actually, I don't want you guys to think I'm a doll bludger. This is the first time I've been unemployed for more than a month in like since I was 18. So I do actually want to work. Um, having a bit of trouble at the moment, but, but you know, there's so many beautiful growth opportunities out there. So looking forward to it, looking forward to it. And I will say, oh yeah. So I just wanted to, um, I read this thing the other day about, um, about Jared Leto, right. And, and just method acting in general. And it was about Jared Leto's Joker and some of the sick shit this bloke did. And I just want to say, so like method acting, right? This is when the actor gets into character and he stays in character the whole time. You know, and he does shit even when the cameras aren't rolling as if he's that character. And it's got to be the lamest thing on the planet anyone's ever done. And only actors could get away with this. 
only an actor could be a cunt for three months on an on a on a shoot and say it's art, you know? Like you go up to Johnny Depp in between scenes to see if he wants a fucking muffin. You know, like, hey Johnny, do you want a muffin? And he's like, Who's this Johnny? It's me, Jack Sparrow. I I'd like I'd like some rum. Like, and it's like it's like, no, Johnny, it's me, Bill, I'm the production assistant. I'm asking you if you'd like a brand muffin. And he's like, Who's this who's this Johnny? Get Get the black pearl around. It's time for me to go. It's like, do you mean your Tesla? Get an absolute fucking grip, dude. Like, what are you talking about? And everyone else on the set just has to indulge this this artist, you know, this absolute freak. You know, you gotta you gotta pretend it's fucking. It's very bizarre, you know. I would not sign anyone onto a movie I was doing if they were like, I'm gonna go method. You know, it's like, oh, so we have to pretend you're Jack the Ripper. For the next three months. So embarrassing, dude. So embarrassing. Like you get you 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 go you go to have a coffee with the bloke before the day and he's like he's like freaking sharpening his knife. It's like, do you want a latte? You sick fuck? He's drinking pig's blood or some shit, pretending he's Jack the Ripper, even though his first scene is in four hours. Get an absolute dude, actors, I'm sorry. Actors and uh, actors carry on a lot. And also, uh, news readers, dude. I fucking hate news readers. Uh, actors, some of them are our legends, some of them are not. Method acting is honestly like, dude, just get an absolute grip. You're not getting paid extra for being a fuckwit in between the scenes, okay? So, when it, the, whole, the whole skill of acting is pretending to be that person, even though you're not them. It's not going into some sort of sociopathic hallucination that you are, in fact, Jack the Ripper. You know? The whole skill is being able to be Johnny Depp and then pretending to be Jack, Jack Sparrow. The pretending is the skill, you know. But Jared Leto, I was reading this article, he went full method for the Joker. He, he um, sent a couple of his uh, co-stars uh, severed pig's heads in the mail and was like, courtesy of the Joker. And keep in mind, this guy was the lead singer for 30 Seconds to Mars. Imagine the lead singer for 30 Seconds to Mars sends you a pig's head in the mail and you're like, ugh, I don't know about this, Jared. But how sheepish would Jared Leto have been at the premiere? Because all these stories went around about him doing all this crazy shit behind the scenes, like fucking hanging off the roof and doing his face paint and screaming into the mirror when no one's looking and stuff. You know, they go into his green room and he's fucking yelling at himself in the mirror going, ah, I'm the Joker. And then he had to rock up to the premiere and watch that film which he was in for all of two scenes. He acted like a fucking complete lunatic for four months. And he had to then... <laughs> he had to sit down with all the people he fucking was an absolute pain to for, for four months. He's sitting next to the, the cunny he, he sent a pig's head to. He has to watch that film and then and then go to the after party and have a champagne and go, yeah, I thought it came out well. <laughs> Hey guys, sorry for the pig's heads. I didn't know I was only going to have two lines. <laughs> oh, dude. Method acting. Honestly, if you can't nail the role and and then be normal in between scenes, don't take the role, okay? Method actors hit the absolute bricks. Hit the bricks. But fuck me, that's funny. Anyway, that is the pod for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, if you'd like to comment on a Facebook stand-up comedy video, 
um, specifically one of mine. That would be ideal if you just want to tag a mate. Got a few tags going at the moment, so that's good. Build up a bit of a following. Have some people come to my shows next year. I will say I will definitely be touring in 2021. In what capacity, I don't know. Um, I was supposed to do Brisbane shows in August. They're obviously not going ahead. Um, I'm hoping to do some Sydney shows maybe in October, but again, I really have no idea what's going on. Did I have some friends who were going to come down from Brisbane? And they kept asking me, like, what do you think the New South Wales border will look like in in two weeks? And do you think it's safe? And do you think coronavirus will be worse in Sydney by the time we get there and this sort of stuff? And it's like, fuck, I have no idea. Okay, I have absolutely no idea. Okay, so I would like to tour in 2021. Ideally, I'll hit every city in Australia. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. But until then, if you want to tag your mate, hey, tag Jack and then go, this guy is really funny. And then your friend sees that and then goes, oh, this guy must be funny because that's what the comment says. You know, you see that? It's a, that's called showbiz, okay? So that's a little showbiz secret there. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.